Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. Today, I'm coming at you with the murder case of Skylar Niece. But before we get into that, a couple things to cover. So we actually switched our podcast hosting platform from Spotify for podcasters to Acast. If you're not podcasters, you probably don't really care. Um, but when we did that, it duplicated our podcast on Spotify so there's the original one that has like 46 reviews and then there's for some reason a new duplicate of our podcast that has I think like one or two reviews right now. Um, the problem is you usually wait about two weeks for all of your data to transfer over and then you're supposed to delete your previous account. So in the next few days I'm going to be deleting the Spotify for podcasters account and I'm worried that when I do that it is going to delete the Spotify uh, version of our podcast that has the 46 reviews. So I'm going to link the new one, the duplicate, down in the description below. And if you listen on Spotify, just go down there to that description, click that link and follow that one. Because like I said, I don't know for sure, but my suspicion is that when I delete the Spotify for podcasters account, the old one is going to be deleted. So be sure to follow that one. And if you gave us a review on the other one, please go ahead and leave us a review on that one. It really helps us out so we can go ahead and get those reviews up. With the new podcast hosting platform, we will be having more ads on our episodes in order to you know, start making some money. So hopefully we can start dedicating more and more time to these episodes. We've started doing more and more like research-based episodes instead of just stories. So it does take a lot more time. So obviously we need to be able to make a little bit of money so that way we can dedicate more and more time to it. And I understand that some people really don't like having ads on podcast episodes. So we are starting a Patreon if you want ad-free episodes. Our goal is to eventually do uh, bonus episodes every week, like one to two bonus episodes. 
but we can't do that right now. We don't have the time for that right now. So the Patreon is specifically for if you want ad-free episodes. We're going to set up two tiers, a $5 tier and a $10 tier. Both of them get the ad-free episodes. Basically, the $10 tier is just if you want to support us a little bit extra. But $5 tier, you're still going to get the ad-free episodes. And then eventually, we do hope to do bonus episodes. But we have no idea when that's going to be. So for now, it's just if you want the ad-free episodes. And I think that's it as far as our few announcements there. I'm really excited to get into the murder case of Skylar Niece. So this happened in Morgantown, West Virginia back in 2012. Skylar was a 16-year-old honors student at University High School, and she was killed by her two best friends, Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schof. And this is so fascinating to me, particularly because when you hear about these true crime cases, a lot of times you're hearing about, like, one person going crazy in a fit of rage, or, like, one serial killer who just had no problem killing a bunch of people because they just have a lot of things wrong with them or whatever. But to me, it's even more disturbing when two people decide to commit a murder together, and it's just two students who already happen to be friends. It's a lot like the case of the Slenderman stabbings, which we did an episode on a few weeks ago. Yeah, and it sounds like it was about the same time, because you said this was 2012? Yes. And I believe the Slenderman stabbing was 2013, I believe? Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, so these were very close together, actually. (laughs) Wow, I wonder... um how many of these cases there are to cover. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know. I'm sure we'll cover plenty of them. I'm sure we will. (laughs) It's just a reminder that we often don't realize how many people out there are capable of the violent crimes that we talk about on this show. And honestly, that's something everyone should just be aware of. But let's get into this tale of friendship and betrayal. The three girls were pretty close, And Skylar seemed to be a good influence, you could say, on the other two girls. Her and Sheila had been best friends since they were seven, and they were close enough that Sheila was pretty close with her parents as well, uh, Skylar's parents, and she was basically part of the family. Sheila was described as wild and crazy, and Skylar could often be overheard lecturing her on the phone about her life decisions, as friends do. I totally get this because I can think of several of my close friends during my school days that I had to do this for. Like, not for the most part, because a lot of my friends were super well-behaved and, like, right there at the top of the class with me. But there were definitely a couple of girls that I would constantly give advice to because they were getting into trouble. And just, you know, being kids, unlike me. But yeah, this was Skylar and Sheila's dynamic. So they grew up together, and when they started attending University High School their freshman year, they linked up with another girl to become a trio of besties. This girl was Rachel Schof, who was kind of the opposite of Sheila. She had gone to a Catholic middle school and was raised in a very strict and religious home, and her parents were also divorced. So now you had a trio of girls who were supposedly best friends with one another, but there was a great deal of discord within the friend group. And probably if you're a girl, you've had this happen, or at least seen this happen, where if there's more than two people, then jealousy ensues. (laughs) Both Skylar and Rachel loved the amount of freedom that Sheila enjoyed compared to them, and they were both drawn to her carefree spirit, and as a result, a sort of competition arose between them. They each wanted to be the one closer to Skylar. 
So yeah, like something like that kind of happened in the Slenderman stabbing case as well. Peyton Lutner, who was the victim, aka Bella, uh, she described Anissa when she joined the friend group like later on as being like extremely jealous. So yeah, like jealousy arose in that friend group of three girls as well. So many similarities here. Yeah. <laughs> And they were they were a little <laughs> younger because they were like twelve year olds, and these you said are like sixteen. So I mean, yep. only a few years apart too, still in school, like very similar cases. Yeah, this is all very normal behavior for young girls. Uh, friendship triangles are a thing, and eventually it did start to get hostile. And Skylar and Sheila got to the point where they were always fighting, and nowhere near as close as they had been because. Sheila had started to pull away and spend more time with Rachel one-on-one. -on -one. one thing that sort of marked their friendship was how much time the three girls spent together online. They were all very active on social media and mostly on Twitter. They really tended to overshare as well, so Skylar started to voice her frustrations with Sheila online. At one point in the spring of 2012, she tweeted, Too bad my friends are having lives without me. She then followed this up with another tweet, simply saying, A girl, a girl, a bitch, a bitch. Another very common thing for teenage girls to way overshare on social media. But it's even worse when it's somebody who's like 35 or 40 years old, but they're still a child because they're super immature and they way overshare on Facebook. Like my former stepdad used to do that. Like he was so immature. He was such a child and honestly an abusive piece of shit. But yeah, he would like way overshare on Facebook and it's like, dude, you don't need to be putting like your marriage issues out on the internet. <laughs> You're so correct. Okay. Like I was thinking about this yesterday and I wish that I wouldn't have been allowed to be on social media when I was like 12 or 13 because if you look at my posts they are all so embarrassing who let me get on Facebook I I think I like went through and deleted all these like many years back but when I was like 12 or 13 like I thought it was cool to share like quotes about love or some shit like that and so like there were like 600 pictures of like like uh like I guess just like love quotes or whatever like and I guess some of them were like motivational quotes and like things like that. And so like I had like I shared like 600 pictures on Facebook. Like I had an album of just like quotes that I shared on Facebook. And I'm like looking back on that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cringe. I'm just thinking of like a picture of like a lion, like a very poorly edited um, edit. So there's like a lion and the quote is like the alpha eats first. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm picturing. Well, I um uh... I remember, like, when I was, like, going through deleting them, I showed you one of them, and you were like, that's one of the guys from, like, One Direction or something like that. <laughs> it's, like, really funny. But it's, like, it probably wasn't even a quote from No, him. no, the quote had nothing to do with him. It was just, like, I don't know. It was just, like, a kind of, like, love yourself kind of quote or some, I don't know. I don't even remember what it was. But, like, it was just a picture of him with just, like, a random quote over it, and it was just, like, really cringe. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just love to roast the child that I was. I just love reading people's comments online. Like, that's that's the funniest thing. Like, there are a few funny posts, but honestly, most of the humor in, like, the online world is the comments under the posts. I wholeheartedly agree. So, a classmate of Rachel's said that they were at a play rehearsal one day 
when Rachel held up her phone for him and said, listen to this. What they were listening to was a phone call between Sheila and Skylar in which they were arguing. Skylar actually had no idea that Sheila had added Rachel to the phone call. So it was basically war. <laughs> so I'm actually going to read a few more tweets from Skylar. On May 31st, she tweeted, You're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. I wonder if that was about the phone call or maybe it was just them hanging out together and not inviting her. <laughs> and then on June 9th, she retweeted something that said, Won't miss anyone from school over summer because if we're really friends, we'll hang out. If we aren't, we won't. That's so funny. That's... It was 2012 and they were children. So Wait, when you... try not to make fun of how they were wording things. When you think you're so deep, you're like, yeah, if we're if we're real friends, we'll hang out so I won't have to miss you. And it's like, it's so funny because it that makes it sound like every, you know, 15, 16 year old is like in complete control of whatever they do. Because like, what if they have super controlling parents? What if they don't have a car to drive around? Because they're like 16, like some of them could drive. But like, there are other factors that could prevent somebody from hanging out with you, even if they wanted to, when you're still a kid. Cause like you're under your parents control. Like my dad and my stepdad both like hated to let me go do anything. Like that's why I did cross country and track as much as I did. And that's why I walked to and from school is because it just gave me more time out of the house. Cause like once I was home, like they never wanted me to go anywhere or do anything ever. Like they were super controlling. So like, just because somebody doesn't hang out with you when they're a child doesn't mean that they don't want to hang out with you, but like sometimes they just can't. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. True, but when I was 16, like, I was feeling everything so deeply. Like, I would get hurt so easily. Like, I would totally be upset over this, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean... You can't say that your emotions are... I mean, honestly, emotions are never really rational, but especially not when you're a teenager. Yeah, because it's like she's always going to be like viewed as if she were that age. And it's just crazy because it's like 
If she hadn't died, she would be a completely different person today. Yeah, exactly. Because think about how different you are from when you were 16. I know. Or even just like two years ago, you know? Yeah. Like so things like, change so quickly. That's really part of the tragedy of it, I think. Yeah, because you never got to see like who she could become. Because like she could have ended up becoming like a doctor or a vet or a podcaster or mm -hmm. a YouTuber. Like this is somebody who could have grown up to have like a huge impact on other people's lives. Like you never know. And then later... Um, after she said, um, <laughs> if we're really friends, we'll hang out. If we aren't, we won't. Um, later, she just tweeted, just know I know. Very vague. <laughs> so she knew something, and she was not too happy about it. The next day, she said, hope you don't expect me to give a fuck anymore. Hashtag bye. Remember when we were all just, like, throwing around a bunch of hashtags? Yes. Love that. So we're fast-forwarding now to... July 4th, 2012. Skylar was clearly still feeling extremely left out as she tweeted, Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with you all, too. And it seemed to her that she had finally caught their attention because the other two girls invited her to hang out with them the very next night. But she didn't tell her parents where she was going. She actually came home from her shift at Wendy's, and after kissing her parents goodnight, she fled through her bedroom window to meet up with them because they were planning on getting high and driving around. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay. So um, I didn't like look up this case and you didn't tell me anything about it. So that way, like, it would be fresh, like, as you're telling me on the podcast. But now, like, it's all coming together. Like, I actually think I've heard of this case before. Oh, like, have you? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure I've either... I, I probably listened to a podcast on it or watched a video on it. Like, I almost want to say that maybe there was like a morbid episode on this or something. Like, I've definitely heard of this case. Like, it's it, like I just connected all the dots and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't remember the details. Like, but I do remember her sneaking out, like getting in a car at an apartment complex. And then, like, I remember like some lies and stuff that get told to the police and that's really all I remember. <laughs> so like, I'm still interested to rehear it again, but I just realized that yes, I have actually heard this before. Nice. It doesn't surprise me with, you know, popularity of true crime. <laughs> yeah. So there was a town that they would normally go to nearby in Pennsylvania to smoke weed. So Skylar didn't think anything of this, except when Sheila and Rachel picked Skylar up, they didn't only bring weed. Unbeknownst to Skylar, they had also brought a shovel from Rachel's dad's house, two knives from Sheila's dad's house, a change of clothes, and some cleaning supplies. Now, I think we why all would, see where that's going. Why would you want to bring all that for just smoking weed? You never know what's going to happen when you smoke weed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, kids, don't do drugs. I don't smoke weed, but when I take an edible, I just sit on the couch and eat fucking Oreos. That's what I do. <laughs> I will say, anytime I've been high... Okay, I've been high a lot, and I've never been murdered. And you've also never murdered someone while high. True, true. <laughs> you would know. You've been with me, like, every time. So, they wore large hoodies, despite it being the middle of summer, in order to conceal the knives. I'm just thinking, like, we live in Oregon, and, like, in the middle of the summer, sometimes we do have to wear large hoodies. Yeah, because it'll be, like, 55 degrees in the morning, and then, like, 95 degrees at, like, 4 p.m. Yeah, so there's never, like, a perfect outfit for the whole day to wear. So they wasted no time in carrying out their plan. They drove to their normal smoking spot in the woods where Rachel said, on three, 
before both girls sprang on Skylar and stabbed her to death. She did put up a valiant fight and almost got away at one point before they stabbed her in the leg so that she was trapped. So those were the course of events on the night of the murder, but it would be about six months before the authorities had the full knowledge of what went down. When the school year started in August, there were missing person posters hanging up all over town that shared a description of Skylar and what she was wearing the night of her experience. And the only information that people had to go off was some poor video footage of Sheila climbing out of her window at 12.31 that night, and what Sheila and Rachel had told the police, which was that they had picked her up at 11 p.m. to go drive around and smoke pot, and then brought her home relatively early. They claimed that they had dropped her off at the end of the driveway so her parents wouldn't catch her. They said that they had no clue who she climbed out of the window at 12.31 to meet up with. So they're claiming that they picked her up at 11 and then dropped her off soon enough to where she was meeting someone else at 12.31. In reality, though, the 12.31 footage was um, Skylar climbing out to meet them and they, were, they never brought her back. So these girls clearly did a lot of planning for this operation and they came ready with lies to feed to the police. How sad is it that for entire months, Skylar was really upset because she felt like she was being pushed out of the friend group, but they were just figuring out how to get rid of her that entire time. Like, why couldn't they have just told her they didn't want to be friends or just, like, ghosted her? Like, there's no reason to murder her. Like, Great that's insane. question. You're asking the right questions. Why do people do things like this? It's so unlogical. Well, we don't know, but they do happen, and, uh... We're here to cover it. <laughs> also, is unlogical even a word? Illogical. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, <laughs> unlogical is not a word. It's illogical. Unlogical. Yes. We're going to be putting out merch t-shirt that just says unlogical. So, yeah, they were certainly very cocky and confident that they wouldn't get caught. Uh, during this time, rumors were running rampant at school with people saying that Skylar had met up with an internet predator or overdosed on drugs, and then some people were trying to say that she had been in a bank robbery that had gone awry. Were there reportings of a bank robbery in the area? Um, no, there were no sources for any of this. <laughs> no, no sources. Yeah, because like, A, a drug overdose, like, if somebody died of a drug overdose, they would probably be found unless like somebody was with them and tried to cover it up. But like, if you just like, overdosed somewhere like somebody's probably gonna stumble across you um the the predator thing i mean yeah that could definitely be covered up or like somebody could try to cover it up um and then like the bank robbery it's like well there would at least be like articles about like the attempted bank robbery and also if it went awry like you would think that that means like they were stopped by the police or killed or something like in a shootout with the police and then like everybody would know where she's at so there wouldn't be a missing poster missing persons poster in that scenario that's so that one's just really funny the bank robbery gone awry i think so too i and also just love the word awry like i don't know that's really funny i do as well i want to use it more often and yeah as mean and weird as this all is we all went to a school with like the kinds of people who would spread these lies for attention and there are always those people who just love to think that they know exactly what happened 
even if they have no verification for anything they've heard. And also, they're kids. Kids are mean. <laughs> there were lots of people assuming that Skylar had run away, but her parents, Dave and Mary Niece, never believed that to be the case because she had basically left everything that she would need in her bedroom. She didn't even bring a charger for her phone. I've got something that'll make you really mad. Are you ready for this? Sure. On August 22nd, Sheila posted on Facebook, Skylar, come back, frowny face. I seriously can't deal with school without you. I miss you too much. And Dave, Skylar's dad, remember, Skylar's parents loved Sheila like she was part of their family. Dave replied, she will be home soon, honey. Love you. That's so sickening. I had forgotten that part of the story, but as soon as you started reading it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember how fucked up that is. That's that's so fucking gross. Like, her parents love you. Just, th- like, that tweet alone should be, like, an extra 100 years on her prison sentence. I think so, too, because that's it makes me That's just gross. Sick. It's so gross. If I decide, it makes me sick. Another 100 years. <laughs> And meanwhile, Sheila's and Rachel's behavior was really starting to make the cops suspicious. Sheila would brag on social media about partying and skipping school all the time. And then there would be one or two tweets here and there about how much she missed Skylar. (laughs) She didn't seem upset at all. And when the girls were brought in for questioning, she was described as being perky and even flirtatious. Rachel Gross. A 16-year-old with, like, what, like, 30, 40-year-old cops? I know, and the cops were, like, really just, like... Um, I actually read um, somewhere that one of them just, like, turned to the other, like, in the middle of the interview, and they were like, can you believe this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they were right just, in front of her? That's funny. I don't know if it was right in front of oh, her, okay. but it's like, they were definitely thrown off by this. That That would have been really funny if they just, like, looked at each other and were like, can you believe this? <laughs> This is clearly horseshit. It probably (laughs) would not have faced her at all. (laughs) No, definitely not, because she seems psychotic. Psychotic is the word. So Rachel was a bit more reserved, but Sheila's behavior while being questioned was shocking to the investigators. So they were already suspicious of them, and then the girls got caught in a definite lie. There was a convenience store who was able to provide video footage of Sheila's car on that night heading west, when the girls had done everything they could to convince the authorities that they had been driving east. So it was very clear at this point to all the area's law enforcement that the girls knew more than they were admitting to. This is a detail I found pretty interesting. So apparently Rachel, when being questioned, had some visible nervous tics. Um, according to FBI Special Agent Morgan Spurlock. But Sheila, on the other hand, was very confident and would always make eye contact, and it appeared that she was trying to get into their heads and figure out what they were thinking. She would also make excuses if her story changed, explaining that she hadn't really been paying attention to the time. She never wanted to just fully commit to a lot of these facts and details, and that was her attempt at not being held accountable when it was found that something actually happened a little differently well i mean she could always play the excuse like oh well i was high so i don't remember it is a little fuzzy true (laughs) agent spurlock said that we sometimes don't even see that with the career criminals now this is just so scary coming from a 16 year old uh but i did read that she watched a lot of law and order 
And honestly, she might also have been a bit of a natural at this. It certainly seems like it. So scary. Now, at one point, Rachel tried to escape a polygraph test by running away to Sheila's mother, Tara Clendenin. The police showed up to ask if she knew where Rachel was, and she said, well, Rachel's down in my car. And then she asked the authorities to quit picking on her daughter because they were making her life hell. So she was clearly not wanting to cooperate with the police anymore. Mary Niece at this time was also suspecting that the two girls were guilty. Remember, that is Skylar's mother. So there was a Facebook page called Team Skylar, and Mary eventually wrote a post for it, a 1,600-word post that included the quotes, These girls are more guilty than originally suspected. It looks like foul play has occurred, and murder has not been ruled out. Yeah, that's that's sad when it's like you're piecing the puzzle together, but the authorities don't have the evidence they need to arrest them yet. And it's like, you're pretty confident that you know what happened. And the authorities are also pretty confident that they know what happened, but they need that evidence. Yeah. And like, honestly, I would start to get scared when the mom started saying these things, (laughs) if I had committed the murder. And Chris Berry, who was a state trooper working on the case, believed that murderers couldn't keep a secret for too long and that many killers actually wanted to brag about the murder they had committed, rather than holding on to the secret forever. And he believed that this would eventually be the case for Sheila. So it was just a lot of waiting at this point, just waiting for that confession. Also during this time, Sheila and Rachel had pretty much withdrawn from all of their other friends and were basically joined at the hip as a result. At school, it was just a madhouse, with mounting suspicions and rumors running rampant. The two girls were under so much pressure that during the winter break, they both started being homeschooled. So now we've made it to December 28th, when Rachel's mother, Patricia Schoff, dialed 911 and reported that she could no longer control her daughter. Rachel had finally snapped under the pressure. She had started screaming and running around and even becoming violent with her parents. Patricia said on the phone that her husband was trying to contain Rachel and she begged them to come get her. So she ended up being checked into a mental hospital. And she was only there for a few days when she herself decided to have the authorities come in to see her. And when they did, she immediately spat out, we stabbed her. She grabbed a trash can as she was feeling rather sick as she laid out all of the details of the night Skylar went missing. And she revealed that while her and Sheila were hurting Skylar, Skylar kept asking why. And well, their answer was that they didn't like her. So there you have it. That was the motive. And if these two girls wanted to be best friends without Skylar, and they just had to kill her to do that, (laughs) it's worth noting that after this confession, their friendship fell apart. So it was all for nothing in the end. Sheila did not appreciate Rachel ruining her life. So anyway, Skylar's body was recovered after Rachel led the police to it. It was 40 feet from the side of the road, covered in forest debris, and it had been six months, so she had been deteriorating during that time, and her head was no longer attached. I'm very sorry to have to give that detail. I I don't, I don't know if you read this, but... I thought I remembered a detail about maybe maybe I'm getting this mixed up with a different case or something, 
But I think there was like a detail that after um, she had confessed and like told the authorities like where the body was, that there was like a thick like layer of snow. And so they actually couldn't find the body for several months after the confession because they had to wait for the snow to subside. I don't know if that's, um, I may have got that confused with a different case. What, from what I understand, I, I think it might've just been a few days, but I could be wrong. Oh, just yeah. a few days. Okay. So yeah, yeah the first time uh, that she led them to the body, there was too much snow. Yeah, you're correct. So our girl, Sheila, still could not stop tweeting. <laughs> And now she was going on about missing her best friend, Skylar. <sighs> That's so infuriating. I know. <laughs> but she was just all over the place because there was another instance where she tweeted, We really did go on three. Referring to the act of stabbing. <laughs> but no, this is kind of funny. Um, when Sheila did finally get arrested, she was embarrassed to be seen in the police car and said, People can see me back here. To which Agent Spurlock replied, yes, Sheila, they can. You've been charged with first-degree murder. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to see your mugshot on the news. Public records. You are a menace to society. People need to know. During the trial, she was reduced to an orange jumpsuit and handcuffs, and she was sentenced to life in prison, and they said she could maybe get parole in 15 years. Rachel was given 30 years and eligibility for parole after 10 years. And oh my god, their trials went a little differently. So Sheila actually had pretty much nothing to say. Mm-hmm. She All she had to say for herself were guilty and yes, sir. But Rachel broke down crying, <laughs> apologizing, saying stuff like, I didn't understand the gravity of my actions at the time wild (laughs) um i actually think uh there's actually a record of uh mary niece just like flinching when rachel said that just imagine having to hear this like when you're the victim's family yeah somebody breaking down crying apologizing um that they murdered and the thing is like that's probably what got her like the lesser sentence too which is just gross it's like oh yeah you're showing remorse for a totally preventable crime but luckily the judge did tell her they were like um this was a very adult premeditated crime so it deserves a very adult sentence yeah well i don't think 30 years is an adult sentence for a premeditated murder like i know I think, that's what i was thinking like the fact like it was clearly premeditated because they brought the knives they brought the cleaning supplies like they took her out to the wood like Honestly, I think both of them should have got life in prison without the possibility of parole. Me as well. And so the case was put to rest, but everyone on the outside of the situation was just so disturbed. And many people just started to question everything because no one could fathom how two teenage girls had made such a mess of things in this friend group. Students and citizens of the town were just left to feel extremely upset And I'm sure there are many people who never really recovered from this. Um, I can't imagine the feelings I would be having if this happened with just like three girls that I went to school with. I had enough on my plate as it was like my prefrontal cortex was still developing. Well, imagine like the months that Skylar was missing and those two girls were still going to school with you. Like looking back on it after they've been convicted of murder and been like, 
Wow, I saw these girls at school like almost every day after they murdered someone for months. Like I saw them every day for months before they finally got put into homeschooling, of course, like you said. I know, like there's no telling how I would have handled this. And it's so sad because Skylar's parents loved her so much. Um, both of them wear some of her ashes and necklaces that they leave on all the time. So I will be crying about that for the rest of time. <laughs> There's also a memorial bench sitting by the site of her death that says, In loving memory of Skylar A. Niece, 1996-2012. Skylar is missed very dearly to this day, and to everyone listening, if you have a best friend, or better yet, two best friends, be careful out there. That's crazy. 1996. So, like, if she was still around today, she'd be, like, a year older than you and, like, two years older than me. Yeah. So That's sad. just a heartbreaking story. It really is. Again, these were children, two children together agreed to do this, not just one person. Yeah, like some of the big differences between this and like the Slenderman stabbing case is like the Slenderman stabbing case was untreated mental illness because they found out that like Morgan Geyser had like schizophrenia and was like basically in a psychotic episode. Also, that Peyton Lutner, a.k.a. Bella, survived the attack. But, like, this is just ten times worse because Skylar didn't survive. And, like, it appears that there was no mental illness except, I don't know. Narcissism, for sure. Everyone around her described her, uh, Sheila, I mean, as a narcissist. Yeah, I was about to say she might be a psychopath because she never really showed any remorse. Or psychopath, sociopath, like either yeah. one whatever but um yeah it's just it's heartbreaking because like there really was no motive it's like if you don't want to be friends with somebody just don't be friends with them there's no reason to kill them that's like uh cases where like um a married couple like one partner wants a divorce so like the other partner kills them it's like just get a fucking divorce and move on with your life like it sucks but just fucking move on like uh that, they, those they are want, like the most disgusting cases they don't want to take the hit to their ego they don't want to look like um but going to jail for the rest of your life that's not a hit to your ego well i mean <laughs> these people are usually cocky enough to think that they can get away with it <laughs> oh my gosh like there definitely are still people who get away with crimes nowadays but it is so much harder like it's so easy to track people's movements nowadays, especially with like ring doorbells. Like if a cop, like if they can find a security camera that shows the criminal getting into a car and see what direction they're going, they can literally knock on every door that has a ring doorbell in the area and like start trying to find like which door and literally like track down these. Like it's so there's so many cameras everywhere. Like you're basically on camera 24 seven in today's society like i'm literally i drive a tesla you drive a tesla like our cars are always recording like everything going on around us is being recorded which yesterday there was an accident right in front of me i got it all on camera so like the woman who got like hit i gave her uh, i got her phone number and like sent her the video footage so that way she had it for like insurance purposes but yeah like nowadays you have to assume that you're on camera 24 7 so it's like it's laughable that people just assume that they can get away with the crime because 
it's just so difficult nowadays. And like, that's a good thing. Like, I'm glad it's so much harder to get away with the crime than it was like in the 1920s, you know? Yeah. It's like, you have to be a narcissist, like with an inflated ego Yeah. to even think that you can get away with it. It's like, if you're going to commit a violent crime, like not only do you suck, like you're also stupid mm-hmm. and you deserve to get caught. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. One thing I did forget to mention earlier um, when we were talking about the Patreon is we're actually trying to come up with a couple names for like Patreon. So we're going to have two tiers, a $5 tier and a $10 tier. And one that we kind of like since our first like true crime case that we covered was the Slenderman stabbings. Um, we're thinking about naming the $5 tier, the proxies, because they believed if they killed Bella, that they would become Slenderman's proxy. Um, but we don't really have a name for the $10 tier. Um, so we're open to suggestions for either tier. Like if y'all don't like the proxies, we might change that one too. So if you have any ideas for what we should name our Patreon tier, or if you have a story or a recommended case that you want to send in, all of that information can be sent into be careful out there podcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you enjoyed this, give us a follow. Um, We post a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always, be be careful careful out there. there.